section fifteen of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter fifteen the pilot best of winds does talk the peasant of his cattle the shepherd of his fleecy flock the soldier of his battles ariosto the expected dissolution of parliament was all in favour of the growing attachment of the cousins gertrude indeed tried or thought she tried to avoid receiving the attentions of colonel delmore but in the thousand minute and almost imperceptible opportunities which are for ever occurring where people dwell under the same roof he found many occasions of insinuating the ardour and sincerity of his passion yet in a manner so refined and unobtrusive that it would have seemed downright prudery to have disclaimed his attentions lord rossville was or what was the same thing fancied he was so overwhelmed with business that contrary to his usual practice he now always retired immediately after tea to his study there to con over the map and count over the roll of the county and to frame the model of a circular letter which was to surpass all the circular letters that ever had issued from a circular head mrs st clair was busy too she had begun to canvass with her brother and her uncle to bespeak their votes and had written to offer a visit to the latter the following day by the earl's desire lady betty sat as usual at her little table with her rug her novel and her fat favourite miss pratt gabbled and nodded mr lindsay read colonel delmore and gertrude alone seemed unoccupied but how various their employments whom the world deems idle you are in an uncommon quiescent state to-night delmore said mr lindsay closing his book and rising neither music nor billiards nor ennui most wonderful être avec les gens qu'on aime cela suffit rêver leur parler ne leur parler point auprès de tout est égal replied he casting a look towards gertrude but affecting to address miss pratt is it not so miss pratt to tell you the truth colonel answered she with some asperity when people speak french to me i always lay it down as a rule that they're speaking nonsense i'm sure there's words enough in plain english to say all that anybody has to say ah but they are too plain that is precisely my objection to them for you i am sure are aware and again he stole a glance at miss st clair combien de choses qu'on n'aperçoit que par sentiment et dont il est impossible de rendre raison now the french is the language of sentiment the english of reason consequently it is most unreasonable in you my dear miss pratt to insist upon my expressing my sentiments in a plain reasonable manner but come since you profess to be insensible to sentiment try whether you cannot prevail upon miss st clair to give us some music music reiterated miss pratt fiddlesticks for any sake let us have one night of peace and rest for i declare lord rossville makes a perfect toil of music but indeed it's the same everywhere now there's not a house you go into but some of the family are musical 
i know one family where there's five grown-up daughters that all play upon the harp and such a tuning and stringing and thrumming goes on that i declare i get perfectly stupid not only that but as anthony white says you used to be aware of your danger when you saw a piano or a fiddle in a house but now you have music in all shapes and such contrivances there's musical glasses and musical clocks and musical snuff-boxes and now they've got musical work-boxes the t'other day when i was at lady rustall's i happened to want a thread in a hurry and was flying to her work-box for it stop stop says she and i'll give you something better than a thread so she locks up her box and sets it a-going and to be sure i thought it never would have done tune after tune and isn't that a lovely waltz says she and isn't that a sweet quadrille thinks i my friend if you was mine i would soon stop your mouth and make you mind your own business but i hope you got your thread inquired lady betty yes yes i got my thread at last but isn't it a hard case that one can't get a black silk thread if it was to save their life without getting half a dozen tunes into the bargain but that's not the most ridiculous part for says she i've commissioned a walking cane for my lord from paris you know lord restall can't walk the length of his toe without a stick and it is to play three waltzes two quadrilles a hornpipe and the grand turk's march it will be such an amusement says she when he's walking with his friends to set his stick a-going thinks i he'll be clever if ever he sets it a-going about my ears miss st clair my dear have you no nice knacky little handiwork that you could be doing at while we sit and chat that is a proper reproof for my idleness said gertrude rising to fetch her work how i detest the stupid vulgar industry of working ladies said colonel delmore come let me lead you to the music-room and he took her hand what are you going to play asked lady betty tibby fowler answered miss pratt miss st clair my dear did you ever hear tibby fowler and in her cracked voice she struck up that celebrated ditty colonel delmore with an expression of disgust immediately hurried miss st clair to the adjourning room leaving miss pratt to carol away to lady betty and fat flora much has been said of the power of music and all who have ears and souls will admit that its influence has not been exaggerated even by its most enthusiastic votaries in every heart of sensibility nature has implanted a chord which if rightly touched will yield fine issue whether to the loftier or the gentler passions of the mind whether that chord vibrates responsive to the pealing organ the spirit-stirring drum or the nightingale's soft lay some there are indeed to whom music is merely a science an assemblage of fine concords and discords and who possessed of all that skill and knowledge can impart are yet strangers to those mystic transports whose movements are in the soul and which constitute the true charm of melody but colonel delmore could not be said to belong to either of those classes or rather he partook somewhat of both he was passionately fond of music and sang with much taste and expression but it might be doubted whether his was le chant qui se sent dans l'âme be that as it may he had hitherto in the various flirtations in which he had been engaged found music a most useful auxiliary and by much the safest as well as the most elegant medium for communicating his passion it was therefore an invariable rule with colonel delmore to use other men's verse 
as well as other men's prose instead of his own for similar reasons he also preferred declaring his passion either in french or italian and having read all the lighter works in these languages and being gifted with a good memory and a ready wit he was seldom at a loss for expressions suited to each particular case the words he selected for the present occasion were those beautiful ones flice chi vi mira ma piu flice chi per voi suspira etc when suddenly miss pratt burst in with wished wished there's somebody coming that will make us all change our note i'm thinking and while she spoke a spattered chaise and four with horses in a foam drove up which was recognised by its bearings to be that of mr delmore all was bustle and sensation and the family with the exception of lord rossville had dropped in one by one to the music-room where mr delmore was ushered in he was what many would have called a very fine-looking man tall and straight with handsome regular features although somewhat resembling lord rossville both in person and manners he paid his compliments rather with the well-bred formality of the old school than with the easy disengaged air of a man of fashion and totally devoid of that air of empressement towards miss st clair which had marked the attentions of his brother from their first meeting in fact mr delmore seemed little engrossed with any of the party but looked round as if in search of a far more interesting object and then anxiously inquired where lord rossville was but ere an answer could be returned the earl himself entered and mutual pleasure was testified by the uncle and nephew at sight of each other although upon ordinary occasions i confess i am no friend of what are termed unexpected pleasures said his lordship yet in the present instance my dear robert i own i do not feel my pleasure at your arrival at all diminished by the unexpectedness of your appearance at the same time it would not have been amiss perhaps to have apprised me of your intention at this important time impossible replied mr delmore eagerly quite impossible in fact i set off the instant the house rose which was on friday morning at half-past five after a most interesting debate on the paper currency which i am happy to tell you we carried by a majority of eighty-five bravo exclaimed the earl and our road bill is passed but how stands the county have you felt its pulse at all i understand a brisk canvass has commenced in a certain quarter i got a hint of that from lord wishton which in fact induced me to set off without a moment's delay you acted wisely and well said the earl delays are always dangerous more especially upon occasions such as the present it's high time you had begun to canvass if you expect to succeed in your election i can tell you interposed miss pratt with one of her sharp pithy glances at colonel delmore and gertrude who kept a little apart and to judge by the blush and the smile which occasionally flitted over her beautiful features as she sometimes bent her head to his whispers the conversation was of rather a more interesting nature than what was carrying on between the uncle and nephew miss pratt's remark did not hit either of them and the latter resumed i am told the opposite party give out they can already reckon upon twenty-nine votes that i suspect is a ruse de guerre but still it shows the necessity of our taking the field immediately 
precisely my own sentiments exclaimed lord rossville with delight as you justly observe there is not a moment to lose something might yet be done to-night said mr delmore looking at his watch something has been done already replied his lordship with an air of conscious importance but it is now almost supper-time and you must be much fatigued with your long and rapid journey i must therefore vote for an adjournment as the servant at that moment announced supper this was a very bright sally for the earl though it did not produce all the effect he had expected mr delmore you will conduct miss st clair to the supper-room and colonel delmore with infinite reluctance was obliged to relinquish her hand to his brother with no less unwillingness did she bestow it and her chagrin was not lessened at finding herself placed between the uncle and nephew at supper and condemned to hear without being able to listen to their conversation which now in spite of miss pratt's desultory gabble continued to flow in the same political channel gertrude heard with weariness the whole preliminaries of an active canvass fully discussed across her and while her imagination yet dwelt with delight on the melodious accents and impassioned sentiments which had so lately been poured into her ear and found entrance to her heart she mentally exclaimed how impossible would it be ever to love a man who can only talk of votes seats rolls and qualifications End of section fifteen